If you have your Bibles, let's go to Luke chapter 8. We are continuing in the series, Ears to Hear. And Luke chapter 8 is our foundation scripture for this message series. We're going to start at verse 1, Luke chapter 8, starting at verse 1. It says, Now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities called Mary Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. When a great multitude had gathered and they had came to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. He said, A sower went out to sow his seed, and he sowed, and some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down. The birds of the air devoured it, and some fell on the rock. And as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell by among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Everybody say, Let us hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? He said, To you it's been known, been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it's given in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, that the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are those who, once they hear, the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones in the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word of God with joy, and they have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those, when they have heard, go out, and when, when they have heard, go out, and are choked with the cares, riches, and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those whom, having heard the word, with a noble and good heart, keep it, and bear fruit with patience. No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it in, under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see its light. For nothing is secret will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Therefore take a heed how you hear. For whosoever has to him, much more will be given. But whosoever does not have, even to him what seems to have, will be taken away from him. Then his mother and brothers came to him and could not approach him because of the crowd. And it was told him, some who said, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered and said to them, My brother and my, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for a church and a congregation where we can attend. God, we thank you for the people of Bethesda, for all those that step up and teach children's church. God, we just pray that you bless them today. Lord, for those that lead uh, ministries, Lord, that you would be with them, that you would give them direction and guidance. And God, for us as a church, that we would be able to hear today what you're saying to your church. And God, that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit is leading us as Bethesda to do and accomplish. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. So in this sermon series, as we're going through... Uh, Luke chapter 8 and looking at different parts of Luke chapter 8 for our sermon series entitled Ears to Hear, uh, we need to have ears to hear because God is still speaking to the church. God is still 
calling the church to do the things he's called us to do. And he's still giving us mission, and he's still giving us vision. And if we have ears to hear it, we'll know what he's saying and how to accomplish it. So as we're looking through here, I want us to see from this scripture that Jesus is teaching his disciples and preaching to his disciples and giving them a very clear direction, very clear uh, insight on how the word of God is applied to our hearts. And he's speaking to them and he's letting them know that there is a end product of what he's wanting them to, to be at the end of this. That he's desiring for his disciples not to have stony hearts or not to have hearts that are cared with, uh, perplexed with the troubles and cares of this life. That he's not wanting them to be ones that are by the wayside or not on the right path. God is wanting them to be the good ground that bears fruit. So in all this, when we hear the end product for Jesus for us in this message, is for us to be able to hear and to accomplish things. And that's what he says in the last verse, that that's his mothers and that's his brothers, is those that hear the word of God and do it. And in, in the scripture, it's teaching that uh, he's speaking in this parable, and he's telling them when it's by the good ground, that those with a noble and good heart, when they hear the word of God, they apply it, and then it brings forth fruit. So at the end of all this fruit-filled message that we're hearing here, ears to hear, that we need to have a fruit-filled life, that we need to have the fruit of the Spirit that is there and present for others to see. And we know that the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, I think it's verse 22, that spells out nine different fruit, that it will list those nine fruit that the Apostle Paul was speaking to the church at Galatians and telling them it was a whole region of churches. It wasn't just one church. It was, it was a, a bunch of different churches in all different locations, but it was one church of Galatia. Kind of like Bethesda is one church of two locations. So somebody could send us a letter through the mail and it comes to the church at Bethesda and we have a Kentucky Heights campus and a Vanceburg campus. So it's kind of the same way with Galatians. But Paul lists those and he tells them that the fruit of the Spirit is love Joy, peace, patience, kindness, temperance, uh, gentleness, faithfulness. And he lists out these things that he tells them is the nine fruit of the Spirit. But the last one is self-control. And as Paul is listing those nine different things out, he's listing them to the church to tell them that this is the fruit that you need to have. But prior to that, in, in that chapter, in, in Genesis chapter, or Galatians chapter 5, he lists out fruit of the flesh. Lust, envy, strife, bitterness, and he lists out different things that we can tell that if we're living in the fruit of the flesh, that these things are going to be in our life. It's going to be the fruit that we bear. And others are watching us. Amen? The community is watching us. People inside the church, the congregation, are watching our lives to see what kind of fruit are we bearing. So when we have ears to hear, it's actually where the Word of God gets applied to our life. And when it gets rooted and grounded, and when God gives the moisture and God gives all the increase, that it brings about this fruit that others see and others partake of that makes the world a better place. And isn't that the mission of Bethesda? To make a world a better place? To make our lives a better place? To make our community a better place? It's very simple. We say love God and love people, and it's our, it, that is our mission statement of what we want to do. The vision statement of what we want to do is love God and love people. So if we have ears to hear, this is the fourth part of this message. And we've looked different parts of this and looked through Luke chapter 8 over and over again. And it's getting to a point where it's like, I've heard it. But the question is, sometimes we hear things, but are we truly listening? 
So the product is, is fruit abounding now that wasn't there before by hearing these four messages this far? Because the product Jesus wants at the end of all this sermon series, if he's telling his disciples you need to have ears to hear what the Spirit's saying to the church, then he's telling them, he that's got ears to hear, hear this stuff and apply it. And it'll bring fruit. And when it brings fruit, it's going to bring about a better life for you and those around you. So we need to have ears to hear this. So as I'm saying that, I wonder what, as we're looking through this, and Jesus is there and he's preaching to a multitude and he's preaching to this great big wide city and all these villages are coming to hear him and there's such a crowd that even his mom and brothers can't get to him. And he's preaching to everybody. Just because you got a crowd don't mean everybody's listening. Just because it's a mega church doesn't mean it's successful. Amen? Just because numbers, it's not numbers. And we look around today and see that this is a little less crowd than normal. Maybe because of the clock setting back. Maybe because of the other things going on. Maybe because it's the first day it didn't rain and the sun's out and got all the other things to do. That's okay. But when we have ears to hear what God is telling us in this place today, Luke chapter 8, and Jesus is preaching to those crowd. He's trying to paint this picture and say that there's a big mission out there. That there's something bigger than just this one little parable, this one little story. He's trying to lead them into this place where that they understand, and his disciples are with him. These women had come alongside him, and they were giving and aiding the ministry of Jesus, and they were helping to accomplish the things that were being accomplished. And alongside him, and he's preaching to them, and he's telling them that there's four different types of people, and we've talked about that. The groups of people, the disc profile, the different things that we've talked about in this sermon series this far. But at the end of the day, Jesus is wanting fruit from people for the world to see. He's talking about a lamp that you don't hide that under a bushel. You don't take a flashlight and go out into the woods at night and hide it. You don't cover it up. He said, you don't put it under a bed. You put it on a lampstand for the whole world to see. So what he's telling you is your life, the example that you're living, is a lampstand. You're sitting on the lampstand, and he's putting you out for all the world to see, and he's wanting them to see good fruit. That's his goal for your life. Do you know that? That God wants you to have this good fruit I'm talking about. He wants you to have so much love for humanity and so much love for those that you is hard to love. Amen? He wants you to love people from different uh, religious persuasions. He wants you to love people from different backgrounds. He wants you to love people from the different side of the track. Maybe, you know, some people say we're born on the wrong side of the track. But what about the people on the other side of the track? God loves us all the same, rich, poor, young, old. Amen? He doesn't look down and classify us. He just says, that's my children and I love them. His love is unconditional. And here today, God's love is unconditional for us. And how much should we take that love and share it with others so that others know the love of God that we have possessed ourselves, that we've partaken of? His love is shed abroad in our hearts, the scripture says. That it should show forth, you know, that, that the love of God should be abounding in our life. Scripture says that love covers a multitude of sins. How many's glad of that? Amen, that God's love covers my sins. It covers the community sins. God's love comes even when we don't deserve it, even when we're unworthy of it. He loves us while we were yet sinners. 
And today in this place, God wants us to see that his example that he's living and Jesus is telling his disciples, I want you guys to go out and I want you to be these lights to the community. I want you to be these lights to the world and I want you to have this fruit that they can partake of and know that my life living through you is a better, the world is a better place because Jesus has been here. Amen. Amen? He was training his disciples to do that. And if we want to be disciples today, we've got to know that Jesus is doing the same thing for us as he did for them. He cares just as much about you as he did his 12 disciples that he was leading around and stayed with for three and a half years. He's still performing miracles and ministry today through the body that he's believing through us today. We're the light shining in our community. But the question is, does the community see the church of Bethesda on our lampstand, being a church that is filled with people that has unconditional love? Do they see a church that has joy overflowing, that people are happier now that they're here? Everybody smile real big. Everybody got, just turn around and look at two, two or three people, smile real big. Just Everybody got to smile. We're a cheesy looking bunch, ain't we? We should have joy. Yes. Amen? Amen? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. How many need some strength? Amen? To be able to get through life, you need some joy. Amen? You ought to be happier. You ought to have more joy now that, uh, that the love of God has come in your heart and he's cleansed you of your sin and he's allowed you to be baptized and you love, love coming to church and you're bringing your kids to go to children's church. There ought to be joy happens when we pull in the parking lot. Amen? That's always joy whenever I pull in and perhaps already beat me here. I look and it just brings joy to my heart. It's like, man, he's getting there early. He's, he's, try, he's getting there early. He's going to beat us to the door. It's always a good thing. Brings joy. Patience. How many need some of that? Amen. I need a bushel basket full of that. <laughs> Amen. I, I, I hope some of you's got that fruit hanging on you so I can walk up and get some patience because I don't have much myself. Amen. I can get tore up about people. You get around humanity, they will get on your last nerve. I love watching Dolly, whatever, little Cajun's up front and throwing her hat and just having a big time. And I love it. I, I love it, Dolly. And she's up there, and Dolly's like, that's getting on my nerves, and I'm going to go get her. And she'll go get her by the arm, drag her back there, and Cajun's, you know, just right back to being Cajun. We love her dearly, though. We love kids. So glad that they're here. It brings joy to my heart to come in and see kids running around the room and hanging out and church is a part of their life. That brings joy to my heart as a pastor. But Jesus is painting this picture and he's telling his, his disciples that there's these four type of people and he's saying look at the crowd he's, he's painting this picture for them to see there's a lot of people out there and as you look out at this crowd he's wanting them to recognize and know because if you hear something it should change the way you're looking at things amen so his disciples got a crowd Jesus preached to and I'm sure after he's telling this parable and he told them every other crowd they come up to after that they're thinking man there's four types of people here there's some people with some stony hearts there's some people that's just here for the good time for right now Amen. There's some people here that's got a whole lot going on in their life, and this word ain't probably going to work. And there's some people here that it's the end of the road, and they have no other choice, and they're here at the end of the game, and they're just wanting something because they're sick of living the way they're living. And that's the good ground that Jesus is going to plant a word in, and there's going to become life, and it's going to have fruit. And I'm sure they've seen this. So Jesus was painting them that there's this big picture out there to look at, 
But the question is, what do you do when you see that big picture? What do you do when Jesus gives you that mission? So we ourselves, whenever Matthew 28 tells us that there's a great commission, that we're to live this life that we're living for the kingdom of God, and he gives us this great commission before Jesus goes, and he says, go into all the world, preach the gospel of the kingdom to all creatures. Have you ever preached to your dog? You might ought to start. Amen? You ever give your cat a good lesson, a Bible school lesson? You might ought to start. Some people's got lizards in their house and snakes and everything else. Teach them too. Amen? The Bible says teach every creature. So Jesus told them, here's your mission. Go and tell it to everything and everybody you come in contact with. Leave nothing unturned. No stone unturned that you don't tell about the kingdom of God. That's their mission. What is your personal goals? That's my question for us today. What as Bethesda, as we're sitting here today, and, and if you consider Bethesda your home church and you're here, I consider you to be a Bethesdaite. You know, they, there's Moabs in the Bible, and they call them Moabites. And, you know, they got all these different terms, and everybody's an ite. So you're a Bethesdaite, but if you're here today. And what is a Bethesdaite? What is your goal? What is your mission? What are you trying to accomplish? What has Jesus told you to do? If your goal, if your dream, if your vision, if your ambition in life is not bigger than something that you can accomplish on your own uh, will, your own uh, uh, traits that you have, that you was born with, then I don't think it's God's will for your life. Amen? If the vision that you are living and the dream that you're living and the things that you're trying to live out, if it's not bigger than you, I doubt it's God's will for your life. Because when God gets involved, He tells 12 individuals, you got to get out here and be a light, people. And Peter was one that, he, he was a mess. He still cussed a week before Jesus died. He was a train wreck, right? He, he cut off a guy's ear. He was mad. He had anger issues. And if Jesus was using that kind of people then, that's why he's still going to use you today even though you got flaws. Don't wait until you're perfect to begin to witness for Jesus. Amen? Don't wait until you're this picture-perfect perfection that all the world can nitpick apart because they're going to pick you apart anyway. You can be the most holy, devout person on the planet and somebody somewhere will pick you apart. Amen? You can look at it and see through the history of time, uh, uh, Billy Graham, how many people come to know Jesus because Billy Graham was a witness for Jesus. But there's even people on, you go watch YouTube and pull up something about the neg negative part of Billy Graham because they'll say, well, he said this here and he said that there. And they, they nitpick Billy Graham apart. And most of the people who are nitpicking are not winning anybody to Jesus. Amen? The world will pick you apart whether you're holy or not. Live for Jesus now. Be as holy as you can. I'm not telling you to live an unholy life. Live a holy life. Be blameless. Be without fault. Paul tells us that. We ought to try and strive for perfection. We're never going to attain it though. But we ought to try. How big is your vision? How big is your mission? What's your calling? If it's not bigger than you, pray for a different one. If your goal sitting here today is just to get through another year or get through another week or maybe get through another day, say, God, give me a picture of something bigger than me. Let me accomplish something great. 
Because he did through his disciples. He did through them. And he wants to do the same through us. But the question is, do we have ears to hear what he's saying to us? You see, because I can read Luke chapter 8. And I can go through this and go through this. And we're on week 4 and we've still got a little ways to go. And we set to read through this. And it's like, well, Pastor, you read that last week. Well, Pastor, you read that the week before when the missionaries was here. Well, Pastor, you, you read that three weeks ago. I think we got that now. But the question is, how much fruit are we bearing? Amen? Do, I don't know about you, but do you have more room for more fruit to grow? Have you mastered love to all of humanity in these past four weeks? Have everybody that comes in contact with you be like, I couldn't wait to get close to you, so I give you a big hug because I just feel like I'm so loved by you. Amen? Have they said, man, you're so much joy to be around you. I just, you're just such a joy, and you're just such a pleasure. And I'm so happy to see you because it brings me joy. I, I get joy from you. Is that, is that the goal? Is, has that been happening to anybody? Has anybody walked in and be like, man, I felt so much peace just by being around you. My life can be in turmoil and I just walk up and get alongside of you and just being around you, I know you've been praying and I know you've been hearing God and I know you've been listening to God and I feel like there's so much fruit just rolling off you and I just feel peace when I'm around you. That should be our goal. Amen? That's what Jesus is telling his disciples here. Be this to humanity. And that's bigger than us. Amen? I've tried to be love to people that didn't love me back. And that hurts. But the question is, Jesus would love them even though they hurt him. He was hanging on a cross that they had nailed him through the wrist and nailed him through his feet. And he said on that cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We don't live that life that we're supposed to be living and it's hard, I will tell you it's hard, and it's bigger than us. But today Jesus is trying to equip us to do that. He's trying to paint a picture for us today to say, yes, you can. You can walk out of this place today, and those nine fruit can be abiding in your life. And you can go to work this week, and people are going to say, what is different about you? You can say, well, I went to church this weekend, and pastor told me that there's a bigger mission for my life. There's a bigger plan God has for my life, and it's not about me anymore, and I'm just living for him. And if you want to partake of him, you're going to get everything you need. Do we have ears to hear that? Can we hear that? I love this verse. Each week we go to Luke chapter 8, but then we switch over to another verse that backs up some of the stuff it's saying. And this, this week I want to talk about Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. This is a pretty popular verse in the church. You can, if you're around church very long at all, this will be a verse that you come to know and recognize, and you'll hear it quite often. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Paul speaking to the Roman church is letting them know that they need to hear, that they need to be listening. 
But how many need some more faith? How many in this place today would say, that's me, I, I, need, I need a little more faith. I need God to give me some more faith. I want to walk out of this room today. I want to walk out of church service today with more faith than I walked in with. The disciples come to him one time and they said, increase our faith, Lord. Increase our faith. Jesus wants you to have more faith. That's one of the fruit of the Spirit, too. It's actually the only one that's a fruit of the Spirit and also one of the gifts of the Spirit. It's the only one that crosses over is faith. God wants you to have faith in this room today. He wants you to walk out of this place today believing with God all things are possible. He wants you to walk out of here today believing some of those family members that you've given up on and saying, well, there's no hope for them and they're never going to come to church with me and they're never going to do this and they're never going to do that. That you'll walk out of here faith today believing God is able to do the impossible. He's about to make the impossible possible in my life. Why? Because i got faith to believe it. Romans 10, Paul speaking to them says, says, faith comes by hearing. So these past four weeks, you've been hearing from Pastor Ben about ears to hear. Why? Because if I can get you to hear, you will have faith. If I can get you to believe, you're going to have faith to hear these and believe these things and apply them in your life, and it's going to be fruit automatically, I promise you. Faith comes by hearing. Everybody say that. Say faith comes by hearing. Amen. I believe these things when I hear them. I get stirred up, man. When I go to, when I go to talking about faith, it just brings something up on the inside of me that may, I start believing that impossible is possible. Don't you? Just in hearing these things and knowing and being told. And some of these principles, these things I've heard, I've been saved now for 20 years. This is my 20-year anniversary coming up of being in the kingdom of God. This is not new for me. It don't seem like that long. But my faith needs renewed. Amen. My faith needs to keep coming. I can't live off of yesterday's faith. I can't live off my mom's faith. I can't live off my grandma's faith. i got to have faith today to get through what I'm going through. Faith comes by hearing. Okay, where's hearing come from? It says ears to hear, doesn't it? Isn't that what Jesus said? He's got ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit's saying to the church. How do we get hearing then? Romans 10, 17. And hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes from hearing. Well, how do I get hearing? Hearing comes from the Word of God. You know what that means? Hear it even when it don't make sense. You listening? Hear it when it even don't make sense. Read your Bible even when you're tired of reading your Bible. Amen? Listen to sermons even when you're tired of listening to sermons. Come to church even when you're tired of coming to church. You know why? Because I'm getting my hearing because of my hearing the Word of God. Amen? And when the Word of God gives me hearing, and then when I get that hearing, then I can have the faith to get through whatever I'm going through. Amen? So if we see that and know that, that this is true, Romans 10, 17 is absolute truth. God don't make mistakes. He don't put things in the Bible that don't need there. He put Romans chapter 10, verse 17 in there for you and me for today. I believe there's a lot of people used it through all of entirety for the past 2,000 years in the church. There's a lot of people used this verse, but today it's for you and for me. Faith is coming to us today because we're hearing it. 
And hearing is coming because it is the word of God. I'm not preaching to you some principle or something I think or something somebody's told me. This is the word of God. It's holy, it's blameless, it's spotless, it's without sin. This Bible is complete and full in its entirety the way we hold it today. And we're hearing it in this room. Isn't that awesome? You see, sometimes Jesus will tell you stuff right before trouble hits you. Because if we go back to Luke chapter 8, we'll see that as Jesus is there and he's explaining this parable and he's telling this big crowd all this stuff and he's, he's telling his disciples and he tells them, you know, there's four types of people and there's these four types of ground and there's these four seeds falling out there and, and some of them die and some of them live and it's just the way it is and he's explaining this to them. And the disciples, immediately after that, Jesus gets done preaching, gets done telling them, his mom and his brothers can't get to him. It says they get in a boat. They get in a boat and they take off across the Sea of Galilee. Jesus will take you where he wants you to go. Amen. So he gets them in a boat, and they take off in the boat, and they get halfway across that Sea of Galilee, and it's not a big, huge place. It's several miles across. You can't see across it hardly. As they're sailing about halfway through the night, Jesus just goes to sleep. Having a good time, right? Preached a good sermon today. Big crowds come out. Everybody heard. Everybody listened. I told them there's four different types of people. Hopefully some people in the crowd changed their mind. Hopefully somebody got some faith today. And there's people going alongside of me. My 12 disciples was with me. Let's get in the boat and we're taking off. Middle that night, he falls asleep. And he's out there and the disciples with him. It says halfway through the night, storm arose. Anybody ever feel like one of them's coming against you? Amen. When you're out there in the middle of that ocean all by yourself and it feels like there's nobody around and Jesus is asleep at the wheel, you're still better off to have him in the boat. Amen. You're still better off to have him in the boat. Amen. And them disciples, they go down and they wake him up. Jesus, there's a bad storm. It's all bad here. And he wakes up and he looks up at him and he says, where's your faith? I think it's in chapter, verse 25, I believe it's where it's at. And Jesus asked him in, in Luke chapter 8, he says, where's your faith? Where's your faith? More if that's what he's asking us today. Well, God, I don't know about that. Pastor's talking about getting this big vision and tell me to step out of the boat and try to, something different and live bigger than myself and, and allow God to do bigger things than I'm even capable of doing. And I don't know about all this. And Jesus is asking you, where's your faith? Where's your faith today? Where's your faith to believe that the youth group can grow and outgrow the room that you just built? You know what I've been praying ever since they've done that? God let them outgrow the youth room down there. Amen. How many would like to see them need a different room because that room won't hold the number of people that's coming, the kids that's coming? I, I pray that way. That's been my prayer ever since they've been working on it. Is God let them outgrow it. Why? Because I want them to outgrow it. Why? Because God needs to be instilled in the children and the youth of our community. I believe that. It's, it seems impossible, doesn't it? It seems impossible. But where's our faith? Do we not serve the God of the impossible? Amen. He makes the impossible possible. And Jesus in that, and he gets up and he says, where's your faith? And he looks and he says to that storm, be, peace, be still, right? And he tells it, be still. And, and, and the disciples say, well, how in the world can this guy, who is this guy that even the winds and waves obey him? 
How weird is it that Jesus, speaking to the winds and waves, and speaks to the calm and the storm, it will calm when he speaks. What comes by hearing? When Jesus said it, what came? Faith. Hearing comes by the word of God. Imagine Jesus in this ship, in this boat, telling these storm to peace be still, and his disciples, 12 of them there, the minute they heard it, they must have had faith because it came to pass, right? What if you would listen to what Jesus is saying about your situation? Amen. What if, what if you're dealing with some issues in your life and you're wondering, well, well what, what's God's word say about me being a missionary? Well, what's God's word say about me doing it? What if we would get in this book and let it apply to our life and add faith to our life to say, yeah, that seems impossible to me, but God's bigger than me. You know the God I serve? He's the God of heaven and earth. And he, he, he calls things to, into being that don't even are not even there yet. He speaks things into being. How crazy is that? That's the God we serve. He's so much bigger than us. He's so much bigger than that little bitty storm that you're in. But to those 12 disciples, that storm looked like it was getting ready to take them out. Maybe that's what it is to you today. And you come in this room today and think, man, I don't know if I can get through another one. I don't know if I can just sit through another service. I don't know. I'm just wore out. And God's here to tell you, Listen to what I say and watch the storm dissipate and peace come. Amen. What are you going through? What are you facing? Let God speak to your situation today. God is so much bigger than all that. We're only six weeks away from Easter. Six weeks away from Easter from today. It's going to be here before we know it. Six weeks ago by pretty quick. Amen. We're already in March. Seems like we just had a New Year's service. Amen? I mean, six weeks goes by so fast. It's going to be by before you even blink, it's going to seem like. But I want us as a church to be praying about how big of a vision does God want us to see. So I want you to close your eyes with me, if you will. Everybody in this room, just close your eyes. Close them really tight. And I want you to imagine this with me. I want you to imagine... In Lewis County, Kentucky, just Lewis County alone, and we can touch a region. We don't just have to touch our county, and we love Lewis County, but we love Greenup and Carter and all the other ones too, but we're just going to talk about Lewis County. In Lewis County, there's 13,835 people. 2010 census they took. We're getting ready to take another one, but there's 13,835 people. I want you to imagine that. Just look at them where they're all congregated together. Maybe it's like some special event, and everybody in the county comes together. There's 14,000 people all gathered together. Now, all statistics point to in America that even in the Bible Belt that we're around 17% is Christian. 17%. So let's just bump that up to 20 and say we're in the Bible Belt and we're a little bit better than most. We're 20%. That's 2,800 people. I want you to move them out of that crowd over to the side. In your mind right now, you're thinking about 14,000 people. Just move 2,800 of them to the side. That's the Christians. Now, everybody else left is going to die and go to hell if somebody don't say something. 
if there's not a church that has faith to believe that God can do the impossible, they're going to die and go to hell if somebody don't say something. That is supposed to be our mission, church. Jesus said, go and tell every creature about my kingdom. Tell them what I did on the cross. Tell them about how I came to redeem mankind. That's our mission. Open your eyes. Don't that scare you to death to think that there's 11,000 people, over 11,000 people in our county alone that's going to go to hell if somebody don't say something? And we're in the church, we're just comfortable. <laughs> and I, it's not about gaining church numbers. It's not about that. I, if, if every one of those 11,000 end up in all the other 70 churches in Lewis County, we'd still keep what we keep. I'm happy. Amen? I'm just worried about their salvation. And if they attend other churches, I'm okay with that. I just want them saved. I want them to go to heaven, don't you? That's our goal. That's what our goal is. Our mission is that Jesus is telling his disciples, look at all these crowds of people. And he's telling them, out of four different types of people, he's telling them right there that 25% is all that's going to make it. That should have shook his disciples in their shoes. That 75% in the crowd that day was going to go to hell if something didn't happen. If a change of heart that Dusty preached about back in January don't happen. It's still the same today. And I don't want that to happen, do you? I don't want my neighbor to go to hell, even though I don't like them very much. Amen? Amen. Even though they do some bad things, I'm still going to look at that neighbor and say, well, I don't care how bad of a person they are, I don't want them to go to hell. We're only six, ways of days of, or six weeks away from Easter. I want you to be thinking about who you're inviting. And I want you to begin to do it with fruit. Okay? I want you to do it with fruit. People usually invite for whatever reason, whatever purpose, and have whatever tactic. I want you to do it with fruit. What fruit? Love, joy, peace. Look Galatians 5.22 up. It'll tell you the fruit you need to live. And I'm telling you, people will want what you got if you have that. It's as simple as nine things. It will draw people to the cross of Jesus. I promise you. That's what I want us to do. April the 21st will be here before we know it. I want you to stand. Bow your head, close your eyes if you will. I'll ask you a very simple question. I, w I just want you to pray this. We, we do this quite often, but I want you to pray this very simple question. Just say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message today? And I want you to listen. Just so I know how to pray. Jesus, 
maybe the Holy Spirit speaking in this room today and he's speaking to you and he's he's challenging you to broaden your horizon to broaden your mission to broaden your life's ambition to say that your dreams has not been big enough and he's challenging you in this room today and he's he's even right now in this moment he's asking you to begin to believe for the impossible is there anybody here to raise your hand and say that's me I need to broaden my horizons. God wants me to dream bigger dreams. Amen. Thank you for all those hands. And I also believe that the Holy Spirit is moving in our midst today. At Bethesda, at both campuses, this is what I feel. That there are those that say, that the Holy Spirit is saying to you, you need to listen to this about the fruit because it's the end product of believing and having faith. And hearing the word of God is you need more fruit in your life. And you want to love people unconditionally. You want that. When I, during the message today, you heard that and you said, I want to be able to do that, God. I want peace. I want joy. Is there anybody in here to lift up your hand and say, that's me. I need, I need the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for those hands. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for Bethesda as a church. God, I thank you for this sermon series entitled Ears to Hear. Your son Jesus proclaimed this Luke chapter 8 message so many years ago. But Lord, we're hearing it in this place today. And we're listening, God. And Lord, we're praying today, Lord, that you would give us the fruit that people have asked for in this room. And I pray today, Lord, that it would come out in bushel baskets full, God. That you would overflow their heart in this place today. For the ones that said they need faith to believe the impossible to be possible. Let it be the fruit of faith that comes through their life, God. That they're going to walk out of this place today believing that unsaved loved ones is going to come to Jesus. That unsaved loved ones are going to attend church with them. God, I pray that you would open up uh, avenues and, and, and ways that they can minister, God, that they could allow fruit to flow from their life, that others could come with them to Easter service here at Bethesda. And God, I pray today for those in this room that said they need a bigger mission, that they need a bigger vision. God, that you would just open up the windows of heaven, that you would pour out blessings that they know not even of. And God, that you would just pour out your love upon them today. And you would show them heaven's perspective of the earth and how many that needs to know you and know your son. And God, allow us to go, not go through life nonchalantly, looking around, not at anybody else, but just worrying about our own needs and worrying about our own issues. But God, that you would open up our vision, open up our perspective to be able to see people that's lost and going to go to hell if somebody don't say something. Something. Give us the chance. Give us an opportunity to speak for you. And we will, God. Help us to be who you've called us to be. Give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen.